Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re-enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Clotho Spindle, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And tonight I'm joined with Lot. Hi, this is Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr. Eon? Hey, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Cody? Hi, this is Cody. You can find me on Twitter at The Crimson Lord. And John? Hey, it's John. You can find me at John Ice Eyes on Twitter. Okay, we'll be discussing discussing Tyrion's seventh chapter in A Storm of Swords, and as always, spoiler warnings for A Song of Ice and Fire and the show Game of Thrones, as well as warnings for any potential discussions of violence and rape. Um, I'll do a little brief recap. Um, Davos informs Stannis of the Red Wedding and questions the need to sacrifice Edric Storm. The Night's Watch defeats Magnar of Then's Raiders, and Egret dies in Jon's arms. Uh, Bran meets Sam at the night fort, and he helps them pass through the wall. Danny is outside the walls of Marine with her army. She finds out Arston is really bearish in the bold, and that Ser Jura has betrayed her. So, meanwhile, Tyrion is dressing in the dark while Sansa sleeps. Um, he had broken the news to her earlier that her brother and mother had been murdered in what is now being called the Red Wedding. Um, he's trying to spare her the gorier details, um, you know, for example, that her mother's body has been dumped naked into the Green Fork, and the Grey Wind's head has been sewn onto Rob Stark's body and paraded around. Um, he thinks again how he'll never be able to truly protect her, and she will never trust him. As he puts on his cloak and walks through the torchlit halls, he's thankful that the marriage has at least allowed them to have a better living space. Uh, their new apartments are above the kitchen keep, and they're a great improvement over Magor's Holdfast. Um Kind of more of the same. It felt like <laughs> more, more of like pity, pity kind of. for me, kind of. Oh, there's a, a little sliver of thought mm. of, you know, Sansa and how she's going to take the news, but it's immediately followed by him just trying to lose himself in shame. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that he could keep that secret for very long. I mean, everybody's whispering, I'm sure, or saying out loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah She's going to hear it. She's going to hear it because people talk and the staff is going to talk. Mm-hmm. She'll find out. I mean, if Tyrion was smart, which he's supposed to be, he would have talked to her and, yeah. you know, tried to break it to her gently um, because she's never going to hear this news from somebody else and think, oh, he was trying to protect me. <laughs> you know, that's never How do you break the thought. news gently? Well, as more gently than say someone like I don't know Joffrey would. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Oh man, he would brag about it. Yeah, and just hear you know because when you talk about you know tragedies and things like that, I mean especially you know some of the stuff. I mean some of the stuff that people say just in general. Um, I can't even imagine overhearing that in that kind of situation. Mm. I know it's a lose lose <laughs> all around. 
Yeah, I mean, I wonder if she would would have trusted more if he just kind of laid it out there and said, I know this is really, I don't know, you know, I know this is really crappy. It couldn't but. have hurt. I don't think it couldn't have hurt. I think him being mm-hmm. mum about it doesn't help his uh, definitely not. relation with yeah. her. Yeah, that could be perceived as trying to, you know, basically lie about what happened to her, keep hidden what his family did. She'll always question, like, how much he was in on it, right? Yeah. 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 Well, he immediately uh, runs to Shay, so <laughs> he seeks her out and meets her in the room below the castle where the old dragon skulls are kept. Um, she's naked. There's this whole little thing where she blows out a candle. She plays hide-and-seek with him. He catches her. He, they have sex. And afterwards, with Tyr- Tyrion, you know, when he has to go back to Sansa, he's kind of offhandedly mentioning, you know, I can't stay. It's getting to be light. Um, she disgustingly suggests that he give Sansa sleep wine so they can have sex next to her unconscious body. So I'll stop there to discuss. <laughs> so gross. Mildly creepy. Okay. So gross. Why yeah. would you have play hide and seek in a dark room filled with dragon bones and teeth? I mean, whenever I'm in a dark room, I'm scared of stubbing my toe. I'm like the opposite <laughs> of end of the spectrum because I was like, and I was like, gotta give props to Shay for the excellent uh, fucking location. <laughs> Seems exciting. Spicing it up. <laughs> oh. I'm surprised at you, Eon. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, yeah, Shay knows Dragon's all the excellent spots. Supposed to, aren't they supposed to be super, super sharp? I mean, come on. That's uh, I, I, I'm not going to argue this point. She fell into one. <laughs> I put myself in deep enough here. Yeah, and you think if they were trying to be stealth and quiet, you know, I don't know. I guess they're so far under. I mean, if sound travels, that like kind of rustling around, like bumping into shit, would be the right. best idea. <laughs> and I don't know if he knows if Varys is always strolling through there. It seems like <laughs> maybe she was half hoping he would knock himself out. <laughs> She wouldn't have to deal with She could just make up a story about how great their sex was. Oh, my my lion, I'm sorry you hurt yourself. Are you okay? Well, we better go home now. (laughs) Gosh, just shoot. What a, like, incredible contrast between, you know, just the fact that she would suggest that between how they sort of turned Shay into, like, Sansa's defender on the show, you know, that she would suggest, especially, I don't know if she knows at this point what happened, to do that to a child, like, oh, it's just so... Yeah, Yeah, there's a stark contrast here, isn't it, for the one that we thought of the show. Yeah, and even, like, she must not know Tyrion, because that's such a bizarre thing. I think even... I don't know, that just seems like if she's thinking, I'm trying to think of a kink, you know, maybe she's like, oh, you know, maybe he's like the other guys I've slept with, they like kinky things, but why would she even say, I don't know, just weirded me out. <laughs> <laughs> she's just, you know, throwing shots out there, seeing if any land, their job. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly it. She's she's just, uh, yeah, throwing out there and see what happens. I don't think she's into it at all. She's got her, her work face on, you know. <laughs> It's a good way of putting it. <laughs> She's going with her little playbook of skills. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, then Tyrion starts to think, you know, we've got this little bit where he's kind of, you know, this is all sort of internal monologue, and he's thinking about conversations he's had with Varys, and Varys sort of already warned him that if Cersei questions him outright, he's going to tell her the truth. Um, and I'll read a little bit of um, how that, you know, how he's remembering that conversation, how it went down. Um, Tyrion says, you have lied before. Shall I tell her that? 
The eunuch sighed. That cuts more deeply than a knife, my lord. I have served you loyally, but I must also serve your sister when I can. How long do you think she would let me live if I were no further use to her whatsoever? I have no fierce sellsword to protect me, no valiant brother to avenge me, only some little birds who whisper in my ear. With those whisperings, I must buy my life anew each day. Pardon me if I do not weep for you. I shall, but you must pardon me if I do not weep for Shay. I confess I do not understand what there is in her to make a clever man like you act like such a fool. You might if you were not a eunuch. Is that the way of it? A man may have wits or a bit of meat between his legs, but not both. Varys tittered. Perhaps I should be grateful I was cut then. And Tyrion again concludes, after thinking about this, that the only safe course is to rid himself of Shay. Um, he debates sending her to a brothel or arranging a marriage to Bronn. Um, he sort of decides on a knight named Sir Talad and kisses her before he, she leaves. Like, we all know where that goes, but it's kind of, he's done this before, too. He's thought, I should push her away, I should, you know, sort of, a, again, a, a kind of repetitive thing with him. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's interesting. He has this whole back and forth with himself, even, like, when she says how much she loves him. And he kind of, like, thinks about, you know, basically how he loves her, too, and then just previously and earlier in the chapter he's like oh she's a whore you idiot and you see that a lot with him <laughs> yeah yeah i don't you know you know varies has a point <laughs> and i think he, you know he knows it too because he's constantly thinking about it but i don't know what the end get you know what he what he imagines that how long he imagines he can sort of keep this facade going yeah um, yeah risky <laughs> yeah and it's kind of interesting like he's trying to pick out he mentions too when he talks about that sir talad like his tall in there in the name but he mentions he's tall at the end he's tall twice it's that's you know i don't know and that um sir talad's been eyeing shay a lot mm-hmm. so he's trying to pick somebody she might yeah you're <laughs> a brawn like if he's just stuck her with brawn like ugh. <laughs> that'd be the worst yeah, it's just some self some self pitying shit. I don't know. But I, I really liked how um Varus kind of draws a line. It's like he reminds you of the situation that Shay's in too. Like, yeah, as mm-hmm. long as she keeps, you know, whoever happy she gets to live, but otherwise dead. Right. Mm-hmm. They're in the same boat. Yeah. And it's and it's kind of I mean, and that's the thing too. It's it's like she can't really be and I don't know if it's an age issue, she doesn't seem like she could be reasoned with. She you know, everything he says she just immediately goes for changing the subject or flattery. She doesn't really seem like she take she's taking in and genuinely understanding the risk that's going on. She probably feels too safe with Tyrion. Yeah. Or the situation. Yeah, his status and position will protect her. Yeah. Maybe it's like her personality type. Maybe she's just lived by the moment, can't worry about tomorrow. Definitely I think like, I think if you're a whore, it's probably generally like how you gotta survive, right? Yeah. Yeah. The <clears throat> ne- the move on to the next hustle. Just trying to mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. Yeah, I mean she was just a camp follower and now she's with Tyrion. So she's got it pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she doesn't she feels like she doesn't have anything to lose. Like the ultimate, like, well, well at least I could try. Aim high. <laughs> like going low. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was cheap. <laughs> it's funny. He, uh, 
I don't know if he's like if she would be okay with it or if he suggested it to her, but if she was still willing to stay in the sex trade, uh, going to Jataya's place would actually yeah. be pretty great. That's actually kind of a great answer. You know, not marrying her to somebody who could be an enemy or keeping her at court in any way, but, it, you know, but he's probably never floated it. Or if yeah. he does, she's just like, no, I like you because, you know, this is easier and you're really nice to me. So, <laughs> yeah, she probably wouldn't. But that is, a, you know, that's a really good point um, because he mentions that if she does end up with Sir Talad, that his concern is that he would find out she's a whore. And once yep. he finds out that, I mean, so that, yeah, it would make sense if she goes to a brothel, she'd have some protection or anonymity. No. If only she could see reason. <laughs> well, that's that was a really short chapter. <laughs> I don't know what else to you know. It's kind of it was kind of all there. We don't really Sansa isn't awake. You know, we haven't seen her point of view yet about that. You know, as far as expressing anything to him. So, anything else anybody wants to add or anything that stood out? Um, I was just to say shout out to Brella, the former employee of Renly. I had this great line. I don't know if anyone else noticed it when he was saying, described her as being, like, she was able to prove that she was good at being blind, deaf, and mute, being oh. like a servant of Renly all those years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Brella with the snoring problem. The nice, that was a nice little touch. <laughs> She's a sound sleeper. That's why she's been employed so long. <laughs> been able to keep secrets. <laughs> she's the untapped resource in in the Red Keep. She knows everybody's dirt, but nobody's ever thought to ask her. <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh man, she's keeping. Deep. Uh, I was just gonna say, I think this chapter really was about just you know George being able to write in a really sweet you know sex spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, tried. What do we? I'm trying to think. Was there anything like we specifically found out that we really didn't know before? I mean, what? Do we, hmm, I guess other yeah. than that, you know, they found out about you know Santa found out about the red wedding. I don't know. He, he's really just hitting it on the head. Like this is his weakness. Here's his Achilles heel. Before it, you know, blows up in his yeah. face a couple chapters from now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because when she testifies against him, yeah. Yeah, it's a little setup. Just a setup chapter. <laughs> Okay, well, do we have any mail this week? We have two messages. The first is uh, an email from Shelby, and she says, Hey, guys, nice to speak to you all again. It's been a while. Can we talk about how there are so many minor characters that ship Jamie and Brienne? The Brave Companions, The Brotherhood Without Banners, Catelyn, <laughs> Stoneheart, indirectly bringing JB together. I also had canon that the Hall Bear knew what was up, too. He sacrificed his life to bring his OTP closer. That's one <laughs> true pairing for those. <laughs> I didn't know all this lingo originally, either. <laughs> um, I'm only joking, half joking, though. I mean, the Companions are like, ooh, look at that sweet couple. Which one is the boy and which one is the girl? And we know how gender reversal is a huge part of JB's dynamic. And then they tied them together to, and face to face each other and all. They were dedicated to the ship. And don't get me started on the Brotherhood. They ship it hard. Kingslayer's whore, you've got a stink of lions about you. I wonder if they counted how many times Brienne and Jamie's names so they could incorporate it into their JB fic. <laughs> <laughs> Is there is this um, George's way of telling us that JB is totes real? Like, is he speaking through these characters to throw hints at his readers? Or is it a happy coincidence? I don't remember him having minor characters talk about other ships like they do JB. But it's been a while since I've read non-Jamie 
I'm sorry, non-Lannister Brienne chapters. Thoughts? And are we going to claim these characters as one of us? Um, (laughs) It's kind of a good point about, like, in the... In the chapters, there aren't too many other like couplings that I can think of where you have side characters constantly commenting on them, even though it's like kind of in a mean joking way. Mm. It's a it's a repetitive thing, you see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely mm-hmm. George underscoring, you know, and kind of this this mechanism where the characters are being sort of these ideas are being put into their head or kind of like more bluntly stated. I mean, as cruel as they are, they're. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's true. You don't see anybody going around and shipping like, like, oh, yeah, they're trying to think of anybody trying to matchmake or anybody trying to, you know, not other than parents or something. I'm, yeah, I can't think of. It's almost <laughs> like that schoolyard kind of like bullying or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of the brave companions shipping it like secretly. They're so cute together. They really should hook up. <laughs> Let's just tie them face to face. And see no, what are, happens. Are we the brave companions? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they were really uh, writing. Yeah, they're writing their own uh, fanfic. <laughs> God. And then we have another one from some lady from Tumblr. It's Kyle. (laughs) Kyle writes, hey, ladies and occasional gents, which we have two of this evening, folks. Um, Love the last episode comparing contrasts with Joff and Tywin. The conversation sparked quite a debate on our Twitter about who is actually the worst of the two. The specific question was, imagine your Ned Stark in the black cells. Who would you rather deal with, Joffrey or Tywin? Also, hey, Game of Thrones won the Emmy for... Actually, let's go on that one, and then we'll we'll do that one. (laughs) So, who are you going to negotiate terms with, Joffrey or Tywin? Uh, Tywin? Tywin. Tywin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Joffrey's having a choice. (laughs) Wrong answer. No, just kidding. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It didn't go so well for the reins, guys. (laughs) Uh, Mm. Joffrey's just going to lie, though. He's just going to betray you anyway. Like, that's a guarantee. At least with Tywin, you have a chance. Yeah. I don't think Joffrey's going to negotiate, so I have a hard time with the the actual question. (laughs) Yeah, that's not happening. I think what really, like, if you look at that Twitter conversation, it was pretty good. I chimed in here and there, but it was really, like, about who is the worst monster. Because so I think in one of our descriptors for the episode, you know, we had sit down Joffrey Tywin is the real monster here. And so it kind of, like, just spiraled into, like, mm. who is the monster? Is it Joffrey or is it Tywin? And, you know, my argument was it's both. They're both monsters are just of a different breed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... And then I think, who would I want as an enemy? You know, short, maybe Joffrey. Sorry, Tywin. No, yeah, short term, maybe Tywin. Long term, definitely not Tywin. (laughs) Right. He plays those long games. Yeah, yeah. I think Joffrey could possibly do things that were, like, self-defeating and unexpected that would make you give him that weakness. Whereas I think Tywin's more calculating, so he'd be, he'd be more, uh, 
a scarier adversary. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Joffrey would only be really more consumed with, like, destroying you, whereas yeah. Tywin is going to destroy everything <laughs> you love bit by bit <laughs> yes. and let you witness it, and then you're you're going to die. <laughs> Slash and burn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next question. Game of Thrones won the Emmy for Best Drama for Season 7. Let that sink in. Is it sunk? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Still not. I'd, nope. <laughs> I'd love to hear you guys talk about why you think it won and why Nikolai Coster-Waldo didn't win. Uh, it's a participation trophy. I think it's like, oh, remember Game of Thrones? I mean, they have one more year, right? Because they can submit for the following year. So, yeah. I mean, I think this, I don't know, just in case they don't get it the last year, they were like, oh, we're going to give you one on your way out. I don't know. Like insurance. They've <laughs> yeah, they're covering their butts. <laughs> That's mine. And I, I think for like Nikolai getting, you know, the shaft is Tyrion's the, or sorry, Dinklage mm. is the name, right? Like that's the bigger name of the show. And yeah, yeah. I mean, and Jamie really wasn't in. He wasn't in much of the season, was he? Just like with that um, episode with the the big battle with the dragon, that was mm. pretty yeah. where he shone that I can mm. think of. I mean, he if he would have won or should have been considered, it would have been season three. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the meaty stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he spent the whole season just staring incredulously at Cersei or Carol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. That I love that you use Carol. <laughs> Carol, yeah. <laughs> yeah. La- yeah, you're going to get Emmys for Larry. <laughs> yeah, it's a sh- I mean, it's a shame, but yeah, they some uh, and even Peter, like I mean, really, was the quality. I know the quality of the work wasn't, you know, not that it, it, you know, it's not their acting ability. It's just the scenes they would have submitted weren't. I feel like a quality that really should have gotten an award for the writing. Like maybe season four for yeah, Dinklage, yeah. I could see. Like I just, I don't know what he did this season to deserve it. Mm. He did a great job when he actually did leave her. Like when they had that conversation, when he's like, "What are you gonna? Are you gonna send Gregor to kill me? Come on!" And yeah. but he's been saving up all of his emotion and all of his power for that one moment for like three years now because it's been three years too long. Yeah, yeah and that's a shame because yeah, none of that is his fault or you know the same thing for Peter. Not it's not his fault that the you know there wasn't any meaty writing or. I think the cutest, though, is, like, if you look at the reaction of both um, Nikolai and um, uh, Jon Snow, what's his name? Kit. Kit. When, when Peter won, it was so just beautiful. It was so nice to see that. Yeah. They're genuinely, like, just so happy for him. Yeah, they were really, I thought that was, and then the speech Peter gave, it was really sweet. Yeah, it was nice to see them and uh, see everybody up on stage and. Because they're done, right? So like they don't yeah, get to hang out finished. all the time. So it's yeah. probably nice they get to go to these parties and see each other again. Is that the end of the mail? <laughs> That's all I got. Well, you can reach us at close the door and at gmail dot com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr dot com. Follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like, review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, Google Music, uh, wherever you listen. 
And please support us on Patreon at Close the Door. Thanks, everyone. And, and thank you, John and Cody, for hanging out with us tonight. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> and, Anytime. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Closo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, goodbye, everyone. I'm closing the door. Get out. drinking or something like that just so i could ramble on a little bit more <laughs> it helps. oh i know i didn't even think about that that would have been yeah perfect time for an impromptu drug cast <laughs> well the chapter's boring so i've started in on the bourbon <laughs> That'd <be> awesome. <laughs> oh man that would have been good you should have said that <laughs>